Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And no matter what I do, Peter yells at me. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Sean. Uh, <laughs> now I you? feel bad. Good. <laughs> Welcome back to Cage Match, everybody. Colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage. I'm Sean, here with... I'm Nick. And... Hi, I'm Peter, the uh, producer of this show. And this week, we have some special guests. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Alex. And I'm Sammy. <laughs> and we're... The original, the original siblings. Cut that, please. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That was flawless. Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about your show before we really jump into this. Yes, things. we're from uh, Star Trek, the original siblings. Uh, that's our podcast where we watch old episodes of Star Trek and we talk through the whole thing. And it's pretty fun. We make jokes. Sammy talks about how hot Spock is and uh, we just kind of goof around yeah. and have a good old time. I get it. Young Nimoy. Oh, yeah. Sensual mm-hmm. Nimoy. He still gives me, like, stern uncle vibes, though, even when he's young. That's valid. So, yeah, Cage Match is a uh, bracket-style 64 Nick Cage movies going head-to-head. Um, so they're all seeded better to worse. Uh, and this week we have a three seed going up against a 14 seed. <laughs> uh, this is the fucking weird uh, part of our bracket. Yes. So... Yeah, these uh, these films definitely occupy a very specific corner of Nick Cage's career, and it's I think it's very fitting that they are the up against part. one another. The bad part, right? <laughs> We've had this weird, perfect storm where just the right movies go up against each other without trying, because this is all just an aggregate score based on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, Peter? Yeah, exactly. So it's just been sort of random how the matchups shook out, but there's always something that kind of blends between the two movies so it's kind of cool yeah maybe it's just nick cage yeah well (laughs) sometimes it's mustaches though. it could be mustaches yeah (laughs) this uh no this is uh these two are uh, both late stage cage yeah modern cage uh 2018 and 2021 i think so yep yep before we really jump into that though um what what's your relationship to cage movies because you reached out to us, Alex, and you know said that you were a medium cage head. <laughs> yes, and that's that's only by the standards of fanatics. By the standards of an ordinary person, we're both fanatics, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've been longtime cage heads. Uh, we just love the crap out of Nicolas Cage. Uh, we've been really into him for a long time. We got back in, back in like uh, high school or something. Back in like probably like I don't know, like two thousand eight or something. We got into like a big like cage war where we would send each other like. On Facebook, we would Facebook remember that. Um, we would we would send each other pictures of Nick Cage's face photoshopped onto like other stuff, like back and forth. We said we were having a cage match, and we just send them back and forth. And then, but um, going back, uh, gosh, I, I can't think of quite what the movie was that made him click for me. Definitely an early favorite. I think it was that's adaptation, still... probably, or Matchstick Man, or Weatherman. Weatherman was the one I was going to say. That That's the first time I remember really clocking how much I loved him. Um, and it's still one of my very favorite Cage films. Um, like, I think it's like a genuinely good one. So, I don't know. Do you guys hate it? <laughs> oh, we haven't watched Weatherman yet, but I hope you haven't listened to our uh, adaptation <gasps> you one. You guys don't like adaptation? Oh, one of us does. I love the adaptation. And I also. love that there's two Nick Cages in adaptation, because the more Nicks, the better. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing. I love that Peter looks like 
Charlie Kaufman. No, I look like Donald Kaufman. <laughs> oh, shit, difference. You went through a windshield. <laughs> yeah. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, am I correct in remembering that you said that you guys watched Prisoners of the Ghostland at Thanksgiving? Yeah, a couple years ago, like right when it came out, we were together and I was quite excited for the release. I get pretty excited for all his new releases these days. Like I, <laughs> I watched, I paid 20 bucks to watch The Old Ways like the day it came out on YouTube. Like I had, I had friends over. I, I I shaved my facial hair into a handlebar mustache. I wore a cowboy hat. Like it was it was like an event for me. Did you shave it into a handlebar and then immediately shave it after five minutes? Because that would be appropriate for that movie. <laughs> Just as soon as the flashbacks over. He should have had it for the whole film. It would have made the movie worth it. Honestly. All right. Well. So, so uh, Mandy, uh, what did you? Uh, why don't you guys run us through what this movie's about? So this is the movie that they show kids to discourage them from doing drugs. It's also not meant to be watched without drugs, for the record. Neither of these movies are. I was really high the first time I saw both these movies, and I was completely sober now the second and third time I've seen both of these films. And it, it's a mistake. Like, definitely watch these movies high. Um, in a sentence, Nick Cage's wife Mandy gets abducted and killed by a crazy cult. And Nick goes on a furious rampage to get revenge on them, involving chainsaws and giant uh, medieval-looking battle axes and a lot of screaming and a lot of drugs. And it's fucking wacky, and he descends into a sort of hellscape of weird cults visuals. The whole thing's kind of like a music video, but there's dialogue. Yeah, I don't know if this is the right time to say this. But for a revenge movie, the, like, actual, like, fights and killing people was kind of lame. I feel like all of the like, killing scenes were, like, just, like, the camera was all over the place. I was like, I can't see what's happening. And then the one that you can see is just him getting his face squished. And I'm like, okay, that was cool, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the fights were very dark. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Did no one see the dick sword? It wasn't a dick sword. It was a dick sword. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I saw a dick sword. I think there's a really excellent, like, 35, 40 minute movie in the middle of this two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an hour of, like, nothing at the front except for an awesome King Crimson song that they open with, then just a whole lot of meandering and, like, boring being in love scenes. But once she gets abducted and, and set on fire, it really picks up in a fun way. I think. <laughs> When I did my third watch of it, I just fast-forwarded right to that point. Well, that's not even watching. <laughs> I thought that uh, the beginning of the movie really did a good job of, like, pulling me in and easing me into the visual style and easing me in. I mean, they throw you right into, like, red shots and stuff like yeah. that, like, hugely saturated colors. Well, if you just walked into a movie and it started as fucked up as... Oh, I don't disagree. But also, to be fair, the movie is framed where at the halfway point, after the burninating, <laughs> is when the title card drops. I think you could easily chop 30 minutes of it, though, of that first hour. Like, there's there's, there's good stuff. I like them laying in bed and stuff. But then it's like, it's just a bunch of them laying around and her reading her book being like, the primordial sky is within my heart. <laughs> Can you just get set on fire already? Like, <laughs> I rarely agree with Nick, but I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board with him. Just like, nah, I loved all of it. <laughs> and then there was like the animated sequences. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. That's so good. I forgot about those until I watched it a second time. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> this movie felt to me 
like an even better version of heavy metal. Thank you. Like if heavy metal could have been good, it would have been Mandy. Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, the animation is very similar. Um, but before you, you get to see a wiener, sort of. You do see a wiener. They they drop full hog. For I don't the... know if that was a full hog. That was it was enough of a hog for this movie though. <laughs> I do want to point out, this is this director's second film. Oh, wow. And that's awesome. Yeah, director is uh, Panos Cosmatos. And I'll say he did, he was doing exactly like what he is intending to do. Like, it's not like poorly put together or like nothing is an accident. Like, it's very, he clearly has a vision and there's parts of it that I don't love, yeah. but it's very intentional. Like, like he's definitely like making yeah. the film that he wants to make sort of a thing, you know? I watched an interview today with the director and Nick Cage, and Nick Cage was saying how it's so great when you have a director that has that kind of vision and working in a smaller studio space, because as an actor, he doesn't have to worry about shit. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about producers coming in and fucking with shit. He can just do what the director wants. Plus, he spent several scenes just, like, laying there almost asleep or literally asleep. So, like, that's also easy probably for an actor. <laughs> he <laughs> made a joke about Eric Estrada. Come yeah. on. I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't think anyone got that joke. So, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> I hated her art. And that was, like, supposed to be some... It's just van art. It sucks. <laughs> I hated her whole vibe. I thought she was irritating. <laughs> As somebody who really wishes they had a wizard van. <laughs> uh, fair. Okay. <laughs> Was anybody else wondering why would she possibly be with him? Or is this just my like female perspective? He's like this old loser guy. He's a good looking <laughs> lumberjack. He's a sexy lumberjack that listens to all of her boring meanderings. He's so much older than she is. Can I just say, when the old woman hit on him at the end of the movie, I was like, there's an age-appropriate partner for you, Nick Cage. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> she did seem a lot younger, you're right. Now, to be fair, Mandy didn't look like a spring chicken like life hadn't been easy on that's her that's fair no i mean everyone in this looks like yeah that was kind shit. of the vibe also it really made me think like if i'm gonna have a cult i want to have an attractive cult because oh, every cult man. i see seems to be real fucking busted these yeah. ones have the best cultists though there was like baby teeth baby teeth were really good <laughs> there's that big boy yeah, the big boy. With curly blonde hair, yeah. yeah. blonde hair. Uh, Jeremiah's got a perfect combination of, like, great hair, but, like, he's kind of disgusting, but, like, he has this beautiful mane of hair. Like, it looks like a wig, which it, I suppose, probably was, because this is a movie. No, no, he grew it. <laughs> believe, just believe. It's definitely uglier people than you usually see in a movie, which I guess is refreshing. <laughs> I mean, Drive Angry also had a cult that was full of pretty busted people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just kind of the thing. Colts for uglies. <laughs> Colts for uglies. I mean, if you're only going to give someone three lines and then they're going to die, do you really want to pay for beautiful people prices? Well, here's the thing. You can't have a movie about a cult with pretty people because Scientology won't allow it. <laughs> oh, there you go. The, the cultist roles, though, would be awesome to play. I always think about that. Like if I were acting in one of these movies, like being one of those cultists, there's that slack jawed fucking dude <laughs> sitting in the car, like rolling the window up and down. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, that was great. So we haven't really talked about like what this movie is. is. Um, OK, yeah. So I think it wouldn't be a cage match episode without uh, a Nick and or Sean quick, quote unquote, recap. <laughs> I've noticed the quick recaps tend to not be quick. I'm trying really hard. I'm, uh, we're working on things. The problem is I've gotten really good at segues and Nick's gotten good at, at summing brevity. things up. Yeah, I'm real good at brevity. OK, so Mandy's 
It like takes place in uh, some woods. My Crystal Lake. Nick Cage is a lumberjack, and Mandy's a stay-at-home artist. No, she had a oh, uh, yeah, library no. job or something. She worked, at, she, uh, she worked at a convenience store yeah. that charged five dollars for a tomato in 1983. Oh, this movie takes place in 1983 for no reason. I mean, the Great Tomato Shortage of '83. The the tomato famine. Uh, the Italians were up in arms. <laughs> Not that joke. <laughs> Yeah, so he's a lumberjack. She's a an artist that also works at a convenience store selling overpriced tomatoes. <laughs> and one day, like she's out just like having a smoke in the red lighting. This uh, wild ass van drives up on him, and it's got the cult leader in it. And he kind of does like a roll by, and he's like, mm. and he sees Mandy, and he's like, nice. And, I like her vacant eyes. Yeah. I really like the way it looks like her face has been run over. And I want to point out, you, you're describing this as though that's the first plot beat, but that happens at the, like the 45 minute mark. Well, I mean, okay, you've got a lot of like development for 45 minutes, and then. But developing a character who just dies. I mean, but immediately we need he, we need to understand his reason for wanting to murder eight. Look, you wanted it brief. I'm trying to be brief by cutting out a third of the movie. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think it's a good synopsis. I think that's the third of the movie that should have been cut out. I just like that they're like justifying to the audience why we why he's sad that his wife died by like spending all this time with their characters. It's like it's his wife. Of course he's upset. We we assume that they like each other. We could suss that one out. They watch Cheddar Goblin commercials (laughs) together. (laughs) Oh my god, I love the Cheddar Goblin. So Cheddar Goblin is a scene where after Mandy dies. Red Nick Cage walks into the living room and there's a commercial plane, which could have been a commercial right out of the 80s because, I mean, that's what they're going for. But I wasn't (laughs) unsure that I hadn't seen that commercial before about a goblin who eats all the macaroni and cheese and then like throws it up in kids' faces because it's goblin good. Oh, I was just going to say, it's clear that I didn't love this movie, but every time there was something they were watching on TV, I was just like, wow, I wish I was watching that instead. But uh, the Cheddar Goblin's like a freaky puppet, and the other thing I like about him is the way the Cheddar Goblin commercial is cut, there's like a lot of like oddly lingering shots. It'll be like Cheddar Goblin will, like puke on a kid, and then it'll just kind of be like a frame of Cheddar Goblin just kind of like standing there for like several seconds. Like, it's not cut at all how the commercial would be cut. It's like cut like a weird art film, and it makes me laugh a lot. So I'm like, cut away from Cheddar Goblin. But they made the Cheddar Goblin thing for like 5,000 bucks or something too. They contracted the guy to like make a puppet and do the whole thing. Like, oh, I could have done, yeah. done that for $2,000. You should have talked to Cosmos Panatos. I got a goblin right here. Pan, Panos Cosmatos. I really want a budget breakdown of this movie. I know Nicolas Cage was the most expensive thing, but I want to know how much everything else cost. Oh, the actual real budget breakdown? The, uh, a lot of red light. I mean... Yeah, that's not yeah, lots of red light. Yeah, that's the most expensive light. <laughs> yeah, so he goes back and he, or the cult leader, he goes back to his cult. He tells like Red Foreman that he needs to like go out and not. He's like Meth Foreman. He's like Red Foreman if you like had been on <laughs> yeah, meth for a while. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need that girl. She she makes me feel complete. Or I can't remember the exact word. It was kind of creepy, but in like a beautiful way. <laughs> Um, he's like, I need you to get her and do whatever you gotta use fatty over there for payment or whatever. Do you have the horn of Abraxas? Yeah. I thought that was a euphemism for a penis, but it wasn't. 
Uh, it should be. It is now. <laughs> I Oh, man. I love the relics in this. So Beth Foreman takes Fatty and a couple of the other like cultists out in their Winnebago. Okay, I do want to say, when they're sitting in the car and the slack-jawed one's just playing with the window. Yeah, it's that's totally what you did in the eighties when you know not every car had automatic mm-hmm. windows. Yeah, you three cell phone days. And Meth Foreman's obviously getting set, like upset because he's like, "You're gonna kill the battery." Like you can see it in his face. He's like, "Kill the battery. We're gonna be lost out here." So he grabs the the horn of Abraxas, which is just an ocarina. <laughs> yeah, and he plays some like bitchin' tunes out in the woods. And <laughs> I, I think it was two notes, like guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a summoning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're like, "Oh, did did it work?" And uh, then you see the red lights coming from the distance behind them, and then uh, the Cenobites on motorcycles show up. The Ghost Riders. Yeah, they drink some stuff from a weird paste jar. And they were in both movies, but they were they were a bit more agreeable in, in uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. They were mean in this one. Uh, so they, you know, give up Fatty as a blood sacrifice because the Cenobites are like, blood for blood. <laughs> and so we were talking about how Cenobites. he yeah, summoned the Cenobites to go kidnap Mandy. Yeah. And they go and like... And they do. Yeah, and they do. <laughs> Successfully. Uh, they beat up Red. Did like in that scene though, he thinks they drug her up and then he thinks this is how I'm gonna win her over. I'm gonna play her my single. Oh my god, he dro- he makes her listen to his fucking mixtape. Jeremiah was a really swell guy. It's an incredible album. <laughs> it's seventeen minute long song that they put up on SoundCloud. Did so, they really? Yeah, it's, when they released this. It's it's the song which did become a bestseller after the movie. But it also has a 17-minute in-character interview oh, with Jeremiah. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. Talking about his life and God. But yeah, so before that, they they drug her up with the, like... Yeah, like LSD. LSD. They drop that right in her eyes. But then they also sting her with a giant bug. It's a tarantula hawk wasp. Oh. But why? Just to contribute to the yuckiness of the movie, I think. I'm a, Well, it was apparently marinating in some kind of chemical, so I'm assuming... This is headcanon that, yeah, they just like soak it in LSD and then it stings you. And not only is like the pain going to make your high like that much higher, but there's also just, you know, extra poisons and venoms in it to like get you that next. Also, if you're asking questions at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take it back. I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> I would try it. So I do want to say I did appreciate that you had the Cen- you had the Hell Riders, the Cenobite bike riders, but you had one guy with just a four wheeler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was the less talented one. I used to growing up, I used to be the kid who was always riding a scooter with all my friends riding a bike. So that was the, that was the me equivalent of the of the biker gang because <laughs> I couldn't ride a bike. <laughs> He plays his mixtape, he shows her his wiener, and she laughs. As yeah. you should. Yeah, because that, I mean, I'm not as worldly as I'm sure some Mandys are, but uh, <laughs> that penis was not like a highlight of my day. So. <laughs> it could have been a grower. It Pro- could have been. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, and actually, if you zoom in on the screen a little bit, you can actually see the penis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after most... 
non adult documentary penises I've seen on TV, mostly mostly being HBO. Like they all have the weird CG penis that's just overly large. That's just the Watchmen. He does have that big <laughs> that blue schlong. But I, I will say it is it is the smallest movie dick I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> yeah. It made me feel good because it's like, not only am I bigger <laughs> than this guy, but I don't have to hang out with all of his weird, creepy cult friends. Yeah, it's like when he takes out his dick, suddenly his per- entire personality makes sense. <laughs> 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 yeah, it just all gels right there. Yeah. Oh, this cult, I get it now. <laughs> so, okay, so she laughs. She laughs, and then uh, the cult leader's like, well, fuck that. And so now apparently she doesn't complete him and he goes out to Nick Cage who's like tied up with like barbed some wire. barbed wire. Like his hands are bound to a fence and, and he's, he's got, got like a barbed wire like a uh, fucking gag in his mouth and he's like hey man, I'm gonna kill your bitch and then I'm gonna kill you too. And so one of the cultists like strings up this sleeping bag that's thrashing and they pour gas all over it and they light it on fire and it's like the, it's probably the Mandy pen. but we don't know for sure we never really find out that's true you Just don't kidding. see her in the bag they could be burning anyone in that bag <laughs> could be anyone she could have joined the cult that was the easy out they're like okay she's in we gotta fake her death now <laughs> Because that's what you do when you join a cult. You fake your death. I just assume she's painting vans somewhere in, like, Vermont. (laughs) So they set her on fire, and Nick Cage gets to do some sweet, like, silent screaming and stuff. (laughs) And we have, like, just real intense visuals. And then... The movie starts. The movie starts. Yes. And then the Mandy title card shows up. Uh, we're solidly an hour in. Yeah. I gotta say, those chapter cards were fucking sick, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Those were nice. Yeah, they all, like, nice, like, old 80s metal, metal kind of like, album art. So, they leave, and Nick Cage, you know, gets his shit together, and he, like, pulls his fucking hand out through the barbed Ouch. wire, and he's, like, just cut himself. Also, does he have a T-Rex tattoo on his left arm in this I movie? I hope so. I think so, yeah. That was fucking sick. T-Rex like yeah. a Tyrannosaurus, or, uh, like, T-Rex, like, like... Yeah, like a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. T-Rex. What is it with this era of Cage? Because this and, uh, what was the one with the, uh, ghost wife and the daughter? Uh, Between Worlds. Between Worlds, where yeah. we just... Instant classic. He's got, like, a long-sleeve, like, baseball shirt with a tiger he on sure it does. or something. And then tidy whities Yeah, just the tidy yeah. whitey look. Just, you know, like that vibe kind of kicked off with uh, Joe, that one he did a couple years earlier, where he's, like, drilling sap from trees or whatever. Have you guys seen that one? I feel like that was, like, where he kicked into this era of, like, I'm redneck lumberjack Nick Cage now. We just did yeah, that as our last did. episode. Yeah. Well, I think once your body starts to change in older <laughs> age, you sort of figure out what roles yeah, you want to Yeah, he's going for the dope thing. Them. We're all going to be redneck lumberjacks one day. So Cage gets himself out, has a sad moment with the supposedly his wife's skull. Has a good uh, tequila scream. In oh, the- best, yeah. scene, best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Goes in and, like, cleans up by, like, I don't know, rinsing himself with vodka and getting drunk and sitting on the toilet. And screaming. Screaming. And Lots screaming. Of screaming. Some of the best then Nick Cage freaking out I think and... we've seen in, in cinema. It's a, it is a top tier Nick Cage freak out. Yeah. He said he was taking a lot of uh, 
his emotions from his recent divorce, from like divorcing his 14 year wife of 14 years. And I think it was his 14th wife in, in two years. <laughs> but uh, he, he used it as like, you know, therapy. And I love that aspect of Cage. Character acting. It gives us the best. That neo shamanic oh, yeah. acting style that he's going to write a book on one day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so he gets all cleaned up. Then he goes and visits his buddy Carruthers who gives him his crossbow back. Like, it's Cage's crossbow that he's been holding on to. And he's like, what are you going to do with that thing? He's like, I don't want to hunt. And so he's like, well, then you're going to need this other thing. It's in the cabinet there. And he opens it up, and it's just two arrows to go with it. It's like, cool. He's like, I made those myself. And I'm like, that's fucking impractical. You can buy those. (laughs) And he goes and, like, you see him, like, picking off four-wheeler dude. No, you don't. Yeah, you're missing an important thing. Because then he goes and thing. makes an axe. Oh, yeah. So he goes home. Forges and he... an axe. What the fuck is up <laughs> well, with the axe? Well, I know axe? that we're the Star Trek people, but that was, like, such a Klingon weapon, you know? It's very much like a Batleth. Was yeah. that what he was going for? <laughs> it's like it's like halfway between a Batleth and a Lerpo, right? <laughs> exactly. The design of the axe is inspired by the metal band Celtic Frost's logo. Yeah, why yeah, the, wouldn't it be? The F of the, the Celtic F Frost. Of Celtic which, Frost. Yeah, I just thought that was obvious, so I didn't think we needed to, to say it, right? Every, everybody knew that instantly, right? It's reductive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is bad podcasting. We'll just cut that explanation. It's fine. This is the biggest pain point of this movie for me. It's just like, why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> it is, but why? He's got, he's got fucking he's got a- murder to do, and he's... He's forging. He's uh, he's smelting and melting things, and then re. Well, you don't rush into revenge. I, I think outside of a few very selective sections, you could kind of say why about most of this movie. So it's like the why, I guess, is for stylistic purposes. At the end of the day, You're right? Because that's kind of the whole thing is like an exercise of stylizedness. Like, a hundred percent. But then it's immediately taken from him, and then he finds it again. So like, he could have just found it. Hmm. Yeah, like yeah. the forging scene. It's I thought that was that he makes cool. it himself, and we get the scene. So, I'm not saying it's not cool, it's just like <laughs> impractical. It's Why? cooler than Iron Man making an Iron Man suit on a computer. <laughs> he had a <laughs> hammer. <Fair> enough. <laughs> he did once have a hammer. He did once have a hammer. So he goes with his newly minted FX. FX. Fax. Yeah, his fax <laughs> machine. He takes his fax machine to the Cenobites and he like shoots quad guy and then immediately gets in his like Bronco and fucking rips around and just gives the guy in the quad a header with the Bronco, but it launches his car into the air. And so then they capture him and take him back to like, I don't know. Cenobite. Yes. Trailer. And, uh, these bikers kind of vary between being nearly indestructible and being really easy yeah, to kill, yeah. depending yeah. on like the context of the scene. <laughs> yeah, whatever's <laughs> convenient. <laughs> like they'll bleed a lot and not die, but then they could also just like get a hangnail and die. Well, the next one falls down a pit. Yeah, but he didn't die. Yeah, then so, he like climbs out of the pit. So Cage is like handcuffed to a radiator in a basement and his left hand is nailed to the tile floor which is impractical (laughs) but (laughs) loosens up this pipe and like tricks a Cenobite to coming in over to him and then he knocks him with it and sends him into the previously mentioned pit 
And but previously unseen. <laughs> yeah, previously mentioned, but totally unseen. Previously mentioned, but not previously shown. Yeah. <laughs> Deus ex pit. Uh, yeah, the god pit, and he like goes upstairs, and they introduce us to Sword Deck by first showing us a room of people who have been butt sexed to death, and they have very like bloody butts. And I was like, oh, I bet they got humped to death. And then we go into the next room. It's like I saw a bunch of bloody butts followed by a sword dick in that like I did not make a logical connection between you, the two. You guys just saw a bunch of bloody butts. <laughs> There's so much weird shit at this point. But you know what? You're right. Check off sword dick. If you see a bloody butt in scene one, there's gotta be a sword <laughs> dick in scene three. Dick. Those are narrative bloody butts. <laughs> narrative bloody butts. Yeah. <laughs> So, you see the narrative bloody butts. <laughs> you asked to be on this podcast. <laughs> I was going to remind <laughs> that. Uh, and then you go into this next room, and he's, like, sneaking up on this, like, Cenobite who's just sitting there watching porno or With adult sword, documentaries. Dick. Yeah, like, the worst. Yeah. And most like porn. Oh, table yeah, full of cocaine. The porn look oh, like they're yeah, about to fall just... asleep. <laughs> but in the, uh, like, reflection of the TV... Uh, sword dick sees him sneaking up on him and so like when he goes to attack and counters and then they get into a scuffle mm-hmm. and like sword also screams before attacking him which is not oh, the best yeah. technique when sneaking up on someone yeah no, no, no. <laughs> he's had a rough time and it's not the best and then you know eventually cage manages to like cut his throat and like Sword dicks just bleeding. So out, much like, blood. Wait, no. His mouth. Here's the one joke I wrote for this bit. Uh, oh, you wrote a joke? Yeah. Uh, sword dick like goes to tackle him and gets uh, hoisted on his own petard. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Don't encourage Someone yeah. appreciates Sammy. my humor. <laughs> you're, you're he gets hoisted by something. So he like bleeds out all over Cage's face and like in his mouth, and it, just because we wild. want Cage to have that bloody face, uh, you know, oh, such a good bloody face, so such a vibe. Well. And then after he kills the second guy, Red takes a pull from the mason jar of what I assume not is the even badass. A pull, he gets like a finger touch of it, oh. and just like has. And then we see the Raiders of the Lost Ark face melting. It's extremely high grade LSD. They said this would turn the the monster guys, right? They said this would turn those guys into being weird chain demon things. But it's weird because like didn't they give them this mason jar at the like Winnebago scene also? So do they just keep giving them bad LSD? I think so. Well, you know, now we just like bad LSD. We like having shitty trips. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, he has a face melting experience on some really shitty LSD. More cartoons. Uh, more cartoon scenes. Which the last is of the cartoons. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, kills one more dude. I don't think we need to keep focusing so much on the logistics of which I, dude he kills. I do want to say this is the leader of the Cenobites who he shoots with the crossbow through the back of the neck. Oh yeah. And then dude just pulls that the, is pretty cool. Yeah, he pulls yeah. it through, through his the front. Neck. Yeah. And then like just stands there and bleeds for a minute and then they have uh, like <laughs> it was pretty good. This is the axe this is the axe fight. Yeah, where he yeah. like gets to use his cool mm-hmm. axe that everybody likes the design of and the functionality <laughs> of. <laughs> and... I mean there's only one fight scene in this movie really worth talking about before we get to the that. The chainsaw fight see <laughs> Long chainsaw fight. Sammy's got it. <laughs> but before we get to that, uh, 
there's the slackjaw guy who's like waxing the car. Oh yeah. And then out of nowhere, the axe just flies and just catches him in the head, and he dies. Yeah, they that don't is care. A fantastic death. No, like obviously the attacking the Cenobites required more attention and more, you know, film. Yeah. Like killing normal, stupid human cultists is nothing. pretty quick. Yeah, that, that's trash mobs, and so you can just do those quick one offs. So the I, only the only thing that we kind of skipped over in that is the the chemist the drug the chemist yeah oh but uh, who with cares, the tiger right yeah there's a random tiger in the film <laughs> yeah that's fine we can yeah, skip that was, that. it's the only person that doesn't kill him the whole tiger movie scene. though <laughs> yeah it's true yeah. but the only uh, f- fun part about that scene is the script was originally the chemist had a lizard like an iguana mm-hmm. and when the actor got to set that day the director was like. Uh, Lizzie's a uh, tiger now. The guy's like, what? There's a tiger on set. Awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But that's it. Just a small rewrite. That seems like that wouldn't have been the easier thing to acquire. <laughs> yeah, they so guy gets the axe in the head. Yeah, axe head to slack jaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that he didn't kill that girl, though. I was like, that makes me respect you. That's right. Like, he knows she's yeah, the victim here. Yeah, there you go, Lucy. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was a victim. He kills Meth Foreman by staff stubbing the axe in his mouth. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the back. back side oh, of the axe. that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gruesome. When I did my first uh, watch of this, I wrote my notes Chekhov's chainsaw because the first scene is Nick Cage chopping down a tree. I'm like, that chainsaw's going to come in handy later. Doesn't. It's another chainsaw he just comes across. Oh, yeah. That was not I mean, a very practical weapon. As soon as he picked it up, I was like, how is, like, it takes a minute to turn those on, you know? And right. it was a problem. And it did take I him a I was minute. like, this is not a good idea. Use your The other guy has a chainsaw that's three <laughs> times as long that starts immediately. Like, <laughs> wow. It's the opposite of the scene in the beginning where we saw that old man holding hanging brain. My parents have his and hers chainsaws. Oh my God. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a chainsaw fight, which was pretty badass. So yeah. good. Another um, major highlight of the film. And it's all kind of downhill after that. <laughs> yeah. The visuals of Jeremiah's church is kind of cool, but he squeezes Jeremiah's head to death, and Jeremiah says, I'll blow you, man! I'll fucking suck your dick! <laughs> and then he smushes his head with his bare hands. And he's like, fuck you, you should bow to me! Yeah. And then Nick Cage says... Oh my god, now. Yeah, yeah, like super metal voice. But yeah, so uh, crushes uh, Jeremiah's fontanelle never sealed up, apparently. Apparently. It, his head just like squishes good. And then uh, Nick Cage burns down the church, gets in his car, and. I loved how crazy he looked at the end. That was awesome. <laughs> he starts having weird visions. I, I mean, mean, we, est- wait, we did establish earlier that we never saw the body. We saw a body. It was just waiting for him in the car. She was in the car the whole time. <laughs> she was in the That's seat. right. She was in the car She's the like, whole time. She was waiting in the passenger seat. Oh, how embarrassing that he went on that murder spree. I've got I just, your white snake tapes. Let's go. Come on. Uh, I just love that scene. I was watching that scene again last night, and he's just slow, turned to Mandy, head covered in blood, just that smile. And I'm like, that's amazing. It's <laughs> a great moment. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking lost it. It's so good. 
Um, yeah, so that's Mandy. Yeah, uh, like, pretty short, brief, visually, like visually astounding. It, this is a music video disguising itself as a feature film. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we said Nick Cage barely speaks in this film. Yeah, I thought it would have been interesting just to do quotes for this movie from other people reacting to his silence. <laughs> yeah, there you like go. Like the chemist's whole scene because he just talks and Nick doesn't say anything. Yeah. And he just like keeps like continuing it. Everything was like very strong shots, very like tight close ups. Like if it's a close up, it's a tight close up. It's the colors, the the filters are like just incredibly saturated. The and set design, like I loved their house. Oh, yes, All the yeah. times that it looks like dressing. an actual like yeah. alien. Uh, alien landscape. Yeah, I yeah it looks like he's going into hell for like a lot of the second half. It's like he keeps going into like more cavernous, like scary areas. Like it almost feels like a like yeah. a Dario Argento film for a lot of the second half. Like just like ooh, more spooky tunnels and things. I'm driving down or whatever. Now I'm climbing yep. into a pit. Like who even cares what the plot <laughs> is? Like he's he's going this direction now. <laughs> Like, like you, you had a very clear sense of the path, even if you didn't have a clear sense of the wh- why. <laughs> Plot's irrelevant. This movie looks insane. It does I mean, look insane. The, I mean, the plot isn't horrendously relevant. Is not untrue. No, I mean, a, a revenge story doesn't have to have a ton of depth yeah. to it, right? Like, and it's really preying on the emotion. Like, you really, like, they're really in it. They really feel it, even if it's, like, not... Yeah complicated it's it's straightforward i feel like most of what i felt was like yucky and disgust personally <laughs> well i don't think it's supposed to make you feel like butterflies and clean. <laughs> um, so i think you walked away with the right take on that definitely it does have like a very gas station bathroom kind of vibe <laughs> yeah they accomplished their goal of making me feel bad <laughs> Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gas station bathroom. Gas station bathroom bathroom movie for real. Ma- matchstick men in a cage would not have been able to handle the environments. <laughs> not a chance. Uh, All right. So, Nick, what's uh, your quote for this one? So, my quote was like at the very beginning when Nick Cage comes home to Mandy and he tells, like, he knocks on the door, and, like, opens it and then just says, knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. So dumb. It's great. It's, it's not even a joke. I, I think it's the first, oh, I think it's the first dialogue in the jokes. entire film, too. I think that's the first thing anyone says. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. When I was in college, I had this friend whose kid would, like, come up with jokes. And, like, he would tell me them. And it's like, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was dead. <laughs> it's like, that's not a joke, but you're like four, so I'll let it slide. Yeah. Like, you don't understand like humor yet. <laughs> but I love a good non-joke presented as a joke. <laughs> I mean, because it's this podcast for you, but it makes me happy. Uh, Sammy, did you have a particular quote from this movie yeah. you liked? Um, I think I was caught off guard by so much of the dialogue, but the one that like surprised me the most was when Nick Cage read said, you are a vicious snowflake. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you might as well yeah. say that. I don't know. Mine was from uh, the first uh, bed scene of their Mandy and uh, 
reds where they're talking about their favorite planets and he says is this saturn and she's like oh that's the first one you know we discovered blah 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 it's like i changed my mind i like galactus galactus isn't a planet yeah but he eats planets that's it <laughs> that's the yeah, movie i have no quote I- from this movie <laughs> Those are all the quotes. Those are all the lines. Yeah. Hey, we've That's the feeling I got the whole way through. <laughs> Written in Script. one draft, shot in one take. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Well, a lot, actually, a lot of these were single. Uh, a lot of these were single takes, according yeah. to the because the director kind of wanted that rough, yeah, like, yeah, feel. <laughs> well, then he got. I think he got good performances out of everyone overall. Yeah, so like, I, mean, I have no complaints about performance in, in general. Mandy's performance in, in, especially was really good. I feel like, like whatever she was doing, she was doing it well. You know. <laughs> yeah, they were all committed for sure. I loved her big buggy yeah. eyes. She has the craziest <laughs> eyes, and I, I looked Man. at the actress, and she does have kind of big buggy eyes uh-huh. in general. But like During they, the LSD, they managed they to play those up so uh-huh. much, like in her features, like. Yeah, those are black holes. It's like yeah. crazy. The only uh, fun fact I really have from this one is that the the primary reason that Cage did this movie is because he and Elijah Wood on the set of The Trust were talking about horror flicks. And Elijah Wood's Spectre Vision is producing different horror flicks. And he was like, I've got this director and I think you might really like this script. And then that was the start of it oh, all. Funny. So thanks, The Trust. Well, and uh, one of the reasons like this director took almost 10 years to make a second film was he was like, I like SpectraVision. They let me, they trust me. They let me do what I want. And I don't want to like shop around to places that are going to make me change. Makes sense. Um, Okay. So before we leave this movie behind, um, Venn diagram, good cage, bad movie, bad movie, good cage, good, bad, bad, good, bad, bad, good, good, bad, good. (laughs) I'm all in. This is a good cage and a good movie. I'm with Nick. Good cage, good movie. Alex? Boy, I'm a little on the line. Definitely good cage. Uh, movie itself. I'll say good movie. At the end of the day, I do enjoy it. There's sections that annoy me, but I'll say good movie. <laughs> hmm. Good cage, bad movie. I can't believe you guys all like it. <laughs> no, I'm with you, Sammy. I think this was a bad movie. Uh, well, I'm glad none of your votes count. That's true. We, we're unimportant on this side. So, <laughs> Following that masterpiece, let's talk about the masterpiece that is uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland from 2021 is weird um Go, no you're done good summary yeah, no uh nick nicholas cage uh is put in a bomb suit and forced and forced to go find uh colonel sanders's quote unquote granddaughter mm-hmm. in the post-apocalyptic wastelands of samurai cowboy world maybe the future it's like they decided to remake Mad Max Fury Road, except for instead of being feminist, it was incredibly sexist, which that's kind of cool. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, kind of just it. like Escape from L.A., but Japanese. <laughs> I mean, how did I put it? I was like, if like if Tim Burton wanted to make Mad Max Fury Road is how, how I described mm. it. Like, there's a lot of cool sets. It is bright and colorful. Yeah, it's it's like Mad Max with like Western films and samurai films all stacked on top of each other, basically. Which is cool idea. <laughs> but there's no, there's very little crossover. It's like every character is either a cowboy or like a samurai or like a Japanese sex worker, but nobody is. Um, 
You're forgetting Ratman? Well, Ratman, he's a, he's a Mad Max guy, though. But nobody, oh, yeah. is, nobody is both. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll get nobody into the Mad Max side a cowboy of it and a yeah. samurai, or like mm-hmm. both a Mad Max guy and a cowboy or something. They're all like mm-hmm. one of three things. Yep. So Nick Cage plays Hero, and at the start of this film, goes in, uh, is robbing a bank in uh, Samurai Town <laughs> with his smoky eyed companion, so much Psycho. Eyeliner. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that guy's eyeliner? <laughs> And like bus in, you know, get on the ground, get on the ground, like, and the dumbest kid we've seen yet in a Nick Cage film. Oh yeah, this is bad kid. <laughs> this like. is bad kid. <laughs> it's like just looking at a gumball machine full of like rubber super balls. Uh, and turns to the <laughs> turns to Psycho and offers him a delicious gumball. And then the movie starts. And then some years later, Nick Cage is in prison in underwear. He's got that, like, samurai underwear, yeah. though, that's, like... So, before that, though, we see geisha-looking females. Like... Are those Japanese sex workers? Yes. Okay. You covered it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, like esca- Just to be clear for the audience at home. Escaping, escaping from samurai town and getting in a car and driving off. Let's see. So, they escape, and then, uh, yes. So, now we're pulling Nick Cage out of prison... And we're going to send him to go retrieve the girls who have left, specifically the granddaughter of the governor, uh, who's that guy <laughs> from all those horror movies, uh, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and like Saw and stuff. I can't help, help me. What's his name? Bill Mosley. Yes. He was great. I mean, terrible, but great. Yes. Yeah. Bill Mosley yeah, is Colonel Sanders. And he sure. and they, they strap Nick Cage. Well, Nick Cage comes out firstly in like a diaper. And all the all the uh, geishas are like, show us your balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's something yeah. that someone says. There's that one that's doing like a super accurate drawing of him, and then like when he takes <laughs> off the diaper, she like erases the diaper and like starts redrawing, so and everybody's super intense. I can't on believe it. they didn't show and the drawing. That's all Josie and I wanted. We're like, just show it. What what's <laughs> Nick Hero's dick look like? Show Nick the Cage. dork. Nick Cage won't show his penis, uh, even but, in drawing form. Terrible. It's a damn shame. This is a mistake right? for everyone. You gotta pay an extra two mil for the dog. That's, that's uh, but they suit him up in like a leather like gimp suit that has little tiny bombs attached to. Which like most... it looked like he was in a hot place wearing a leather jumpsuit with no underwear. Yeah. Oh god. And well, he's not allowed to take it off for three days yeah, or well, three to five days. The colonel was just like, I have a pension for leather. Oh no! It's supposed to be. It was he three days. Really had to. He had three back. days to find and then her. Then recessed to five. Once he found her, he would get two more days. Then he had five right. to bring her Even back. Even though it only took oh, him half okay. a day to I find her. Right. <laughs> but um, most noteworthy though, the gimp suit has uh, it has bombs all over it. But most noteworthy, it has bombs on the testicles. Um, and and if he a bomb on each arm and then bombs on the neck in and then bombs on the testicle in case he tries to uh, take advantage of a woman. Um, spoilers, yeah. he does. He busts in that. Yeah, and he, uh, so they suit him up, and so he has, yeah, three days to go retrieve the girl for the governor. They give him a car, but then he's like, I'm gonna take a bike, because I'm different. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, like, whips a couple of shitty, and, <laughs> like, jumps up, like, jumps on a bicycle, he's like, I want Bike with a basket. <laughs> I want to know what the rules of this world are because they're 
exist in what I'm assuming is a tourist attraction. They're living in Samurai mm-hmm. Town, where there are cowboys, and the bank they tried to rob. Yeah, I think you're trying to like put too much of reality on it. Uh, see, but okay, but when we have the flashback to when he like the bank robbery, there are normal cops. Yeah, but and now, the bank looks like totally futuristic and, and the normal. bank's totally futuristic. But when like when he runs out of the it, bank, there are normal cops. But now the law is samurais and cowboys. That's a good point. But when like he does the bank robbery, it's also like uh, it still has like the false front buildings and things like no, that. Yeah, it that's does. true. Like the external swinging doors and all that kind of shit. We haven't had that no, inciting incident of the nuclear waste spill mm-hmm. to change everything around. Because once the nuclear waste is, spilled, you're forced to become a samurai or a cowboy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the, that's it. The town's or a probably cut off because of all the ghosts out there. Also, did they say Samurai Town? Did they say it at the beginning, or was it not until that last line of the movie where they're like, "Wow, Samurai Town"? I was like, "That's the name of this fucking I think town." Yeah, it's just the last. It's line, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> uh, can you imagine having to sit through the entire movie okay, with so- the <laughs> knowledge that the place is called Samurai <laughs> Town? <laughs> <laughs> like, so what's worse, like <laughs> okay. That's funny because my roommate watched it with me and she said, what is this town called? And I said, I think it's called Cowboy Town, but I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) You were this close. Yeah. Um, Or like one one half of the block is Cowboy Town, the other Samurai Town. Well, it's officially known as Samurai Town. Okay. But then so, but you pointed out like, okay, this is, you know, after all the like toxic waste bill, but they have a brand new Toyota. Just a totally ordinary car. Yeah. Yeah, the white guy just rocks up and he's got money. He's got a car. He's good. Uh, it's not even clear what country we're. And then there's a little song in. about how much they love the governor. 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 Oh, the governor. A role that makes complete sense. There was the wall of talking women head. Okay. Oh, that was weird. Oh, were they supposed to so look cool like they too. were going in and out of vaginas? Or was that yes. just me? Uh, I mean, 100%. It, it sure did look like that. Okay. Uh, and there's also Yasujiro with the governor's like right hand samurai who's named Yasujiro who is constantly like Oh my god, Yasujiro was so hot. He was, and he's constantly like whinily shouting for him. He's like, Yasujiro! Yasujiro! I was like, get rid of everybody else. I want to watch a movie about him. <laughs> so the governor wants Nick Cage to go find his granddaughter <laughs> um for totally not sex reasons for totally not sex reasons and then like yeah nick cage like sees the photos like let's see why you want her back and then one of the samurai is like what did you say and then everyone tries to kill nick cage and then yasujiro just starts killing everyone else like what is the hierarchy of this government they all love the governor but they're willing to like yeah it's wild west samurais <laughs> yeah yes a sword sword is the equivalent of a gun too in this world i guess all right, so he bikes out of there. <laughs> Yashijiro rocks up in the Toyota. Yes, and, gives, and Nick Cage gets off his tricycle or bicycle. And Yashijiro assumably bikes away. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that was my favorite part, right? Like, So when that scene happens, I because they have a little, like, Yashijiro saves Nick Cage from the other samurai, and they kind of give each other a knowing smile. So I assume Nick Cage going off on the bike and Yashijiro rocking up was like, cool, now we're going to come up with a plan. Nah. Yashijiro just like 
get in the car, and he just Nick Cage drives That's off. That's a joke you spend kind of a whole film thinking is gonna have like a redemption arc, like because you learn kind of more backstory that he's. And then Nick Cage just kills him. Yeah, and you learn that he's like conflicted and doesn't want to work for the governor because his like sister is like a prisoner and all this stuff. And yeah, he doesn't ever. Yeah, he doesn't ever come around. Yeah, and at the end, yeah, they have they have a fight, which is a great fight. Yeah. I thought. I yeah. thought the fighting in general in this movie I thought was pretty fun, but yeah, I thought it was well choreographed. There's a great, when he's fighting Yasujiro too, there's a great bit of like, every time that they're fighting, they're having a sword fight, and every time one of them has a backswing, like several extras like run up to attack them from behind and like get caught in like the crossfire of like, there's like, <laughs> any time they swing their sword, they're killing like five other people <laughs> while trying to fight each other, which is very funny. <laughs> it's like, there's probably like 40 guys die as like collateral damage of their fight. Like, I do love the excessive amount of squibs and like just exploding blood mm-hmm. out of people. Yes, but never out of where they're struck because <laughs> there's like one where Yashiro like or so, or somebody gets like stabbed in the neck and there's just this prolonged geyser of <laughs> blood that clearly comes out of the guy's chest. <laughs> I did like the guy who gets his head put into a lantern and then the lantern just fills with blood. Oh, <laughs> well, that, that was a good that one. Was tight. <laughs> yeah, this director definitely knows how to. Film violence. Yes. yes. Oh, I had a nice story too, because uh, this film was originally supposed to be filmed in Mexico, mm-hmm. but the director had suffered a heart attack. So Nick Cage had the whole production moved to Japan wow. to make it easier on the director. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Also, I have another fun fact. Did you guys know that Nicolas Cage's past three wives have all been Asian women who are like 20 years younger than him? Isn't that fun? <laughs> But you know what? They're still all older than any of Leonardo DiCaprio's. Also true. Oh my god. They've got a solid 20 years on anybody DiCaprio. (laughs) Did you guys catch that this movie has like like seven or eight production studios made it? A a lot of these do, but it's like Elysium, RLJE, Patriot Pictures, Untitled Entertainment, Booze Booze Booze, Bang Bang. bang, bang. Yeah. Saturn Films and XYZ Films all came together to make this. I was like, that's, a, it's like, you know you're going to get a good film with that many studios are involved. Yeah, Saturn is Nick Cage's production company, uh-huh. and then uh, XYZ Films actually produced both of these movies mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So I guess about, it makes so. sense that Saturn is his favorite planet then. Is he going to change his production studio to, to uh, uh, Galactus Entertainment? Yeah. Galactus <laughs> No, that's trademarked. Uh, <laughs> True. RLJE also produced and did a bunch of distribution on a lot of his other things. They did. Mandy included, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did Rage, Pay the Ghost, Dog Eat Dog, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, and Sympathy for the Devil. Okay, so yeah, he, he goes to the Ghost Land, I guess. Should I, should I keep going? Yeah. yeah, drives down the freeway, runs into... A bus full of samurai mutants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accurate. And, and then, one one Bernie boy. And wakes up like well, they're all like crashed. prisoners of the yeah. ghost of the ghost land. Prison fatigues. They they like, are definitely well, like, except for the samurai. There were also the samurai. You're right. Yeah, it was interesting because it's like full traditional samurai masks and then like stripy outfit prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> Who like walked like spiders. And one Bernie guy. And one Bernie guy. With awesome shades, with aviators. He did have six shades. Yes. There's people, there's people pouring toilet paper across things. Everybody's doing basically anything crazy you can imagine. There's people being built in, into mannequins. They're having, like, mannequin yeah. faces put over their faces. 
There's people uh, who have a giant rope attached to a big clock tower, and they're trying to pull back the second hand. Okay, I love that whole thing. They're going, stop the time from moving. They're all like, if I could hold back time. (laughs) So this is the clock tower scene. Okay, so they hadn't mentioned anything about, like, nuclear waste at this point, but, like, the clock tower scene, I'm like, oh, all right. 15 minutes to midnight. All right. I don't think this director understands what a meta is for, but all right, we're getting there. So Someone gets my jokes, Nick. I got it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I would be that annoying guy who keeps reading Weathering Heights. It's like, oh, who perfect. cares? But it's like, guys, this is a great story. Check okay. it out. Oh, you mean Enoch? Like Enoch. And they're dragging him around in like a big moving house on wheels sort of a thing. Dragging him around town. He's reading to everyone. Here's where this society completely fails. You have the rat rat people who have semi-trucks that apparently work, though they never would go anywhere. And literally they never use those fucking well, things no, other than to turn the lights on. He explained it. He said, like, any engine turning on would bring the demons. Uh, so that's why they couldn't. So he scavenged and, like, fixed things and, like, saved all the gas. Mm. But they couldn't use them. I was just going to I mean, I was just going to say, you have big, heavy machines, yet you have 20 guys literally holding the clock from the clock <laughs> when you could have just tied that to one of right. those trucks. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't think they're hey. thinking about weight at this point. <laughs> Quit trying to take their good union jobs. <laughs> Piece of shit. Scab. <laughs> um, but we fi- he finds Bernice in uh, one of the mannequin people. I like how he goes through two actual mannequins before he starts deciding to look at people who are clearly like is also very sensitive about it's like slash maintains these mannequins he's got like a top hat and he's like he's like he's like he gets like mad anytime that nick cage messes with him i do love the double they tried to do a double fake out where he's going through and clearly none of these people are bernice and then you see one that has like her hair <laughs> and he takes it off and, yeah. like, <laughs> and then he like takes off the mask and it's her it's like double fake out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, the mannequin thing is like therapy. So maybe she just didn't want to lose sight of her identity. Ooh. And so she was like, can I be a mannequin that also just looks like me? Ooh. Well, what did they say? She was cursed or they would find her. They'd She's steal possessed her and she can't leave while the spirit is possessing her. And she but can't then, talk. But then the spirit went into her friend instead, who replaced her, I guess. And you have problems with Mandy's story. <laughs> yeah, this movie is a little all over the okay. place. This one at least has dialogue. This movie felt to me like a f- like a fucked up fairy tale mm. in a way, and Mandy felt more like a drug. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair like, comparison. That's a fair description of both. Like I didn't, I didn't like the fairy tale. <laughs> but... I would say I do have to give this movie props on one thing because the next scene when he's like dragging Bernice back down the highway and getting all the mannequin stuff off her. And they do a very sensual pouring water into her mouth. Also, she's played by... He just keeps shouting, take it off, take it off, take it off. Uh, Sophia Botella, uh, whose star has fallen greatly, if this is what she's in Mm. now. Also, I can't help but notice... That like she's like none of the main cast is Asian, but all of the like extras are Asian, which doesn't feel great, you know. A Japanese director. I think she was in. I I feel like she's meant to be Japanese in the movie. That's, that's how I felt. 
well, and it's and she's not. <laughs> when the production was moved to Japan, uh, the governor and Beatrice got recast because the original actors uh, didn't want to or couldn't oh. go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But this is where we get the great scene of uh, Nick Cage getting horny <laughs> and uh, having his <laughs> left te- testicle <laughs> get blown up. You know when you're force feeding a woman water, it's just hot. <laughs> can't help it. You can't help but get your balls blown off. <laughs> You've heard of blue balls, but now we have exploding testicles. Boom, Boom balls. balls. Thank you. Boom there we balls. go. Uh, got his left testicle blown off and then like holds it in his hand. <laughs> says something in Japanese and passes out. I really was hoping that what he said in Japanese was just testicle, but it wasn't. <laughs> I hope so. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, the end. No, Good job. It goes so much beyond that. That's when we see the shootout with him and Psycho. Yes. That's when we have the flashback. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he has his dream flashback. And we find out that... Psycho's aptly named. Yeah, and uh, Bernice was a child who got caught in the crossfire when he was, like, running from the cops, so... He's and her mother died. And we found out that he was innocent. Yeah. He didn't kill those no. people. He was, in fact, the hero yes. trying to save that child. Right. But that's how she got that scar, which that's is my favorite quote from this one. And how she also became uh, fell into sex slavery. Right. That's part of it, too. But yeah, as he's undressing her before the testicle explodes, he says, quite a scar you got there. You get that roller skating? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit wacky. This one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so at this point, like, so for him to get the extra two days on his like wrist bomb thing, she has to say her name. Mm-hmm. So while he's passed out, she like says her name into the thing and screams it, and it finally gives him the extra two days. Or specifically say like she has to say her name into his wrist wristband yeah. <laughs> that has like a voice like recognition yeah. Yeah. software on yes. it. <laughs> And the, and the voice thing has like it has like the governor like recorded on it being like Bernice say your name darling if you're there say your name say your, name, your name right here Bernice <laughs> I can't quite hear you you better speak up a little like, that's when the ghosts show up again I like that you're presenting this like there's some degree of like continuity and this isn't like like the, the movie doesn't feel that way it feels like the very stream of consciousness is just like and things are happening like <laughs> yeah it doesn't even I'm trying <laughs> you're but doing like, your best shot <laughs> but that's when he gets he gets in a fight and then to save Bernice he pushes her away from Melty Boys which sets off the arm bomb <laughs> oh that's right because he strikes a woman which doesn't do much. No. Like, well, for, it blows out his elbow. Yeah. But it's but like, like down here. And it why doesn't, it, it's like. But he builds an army of darkness style robot arm to replace it later, so. Yeah. Yeah, sweet mannequin hand. He does have yeah. a sweet mannequin hand. He passes out again after this explosion where he dreams the history of the nuclear wasteland. Yes. Oh, through the, like, exposition yeah. play? Was it a dream or was it another flashback? I couldn't no, tell. No, it was a dream, because he's at... Yeah, because he left with Bernice when she was still in the mannequin stuff, and then him and Bernice are standing uh-huh. in front of the clock yeah. tower hearing this explanation. Mm-hmm. So it's that a dream. Actually there. Okay. And then they go back. There was a lot of back and forth that I couldn't follow. <laughs> so maybe that happened, and then the ghosts turn out to be ex-cons and one of them is psycho yes but they're still good yes. friends and psycho just kind of lets them go it's a really heartwarming reunion they go and take out the governor yep 
which is where we've had the fight with Yashijiro. Yeah, that just happens. Like we don't. Yashijiro. There's not a lot that happens within that other than just blood. Yeah, the governor's like a real. He he gets broken down real quick. Yeah. Like, like as soon as all, things, all of the women who have been subservient to him are just like you're a limp dick bitch. <laughs> yeah, they take all his money and run. I was along for the ride most of the whole time until the very end when Bernice kills the governor, and one of the people from the ghost land is like sees it and goes <gasps> and like runs down the an alley <laughs> and turns a corner. It's like the governor's dead, and she's back in the ghost land. I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> I no, think, I think the ghost land is like really just around the corner. It is literally <laughs> just next door. When I was in college, uh, the town my college was in had been a, a dry town. Here's a here's just a story. Uh, had been a dry town forever, and only recently it started doing beer and wine sales. No liquor sales in this small town. But if you went to the edge of town. And then just like around an S curve. So like you've traveled maybe half a mile from college campus. Uh, You go through the S curve and you're now in Independence, Oregon, and you can buy liquor in Independence and then just drive it back. So it literally is like kind of driving down to the 7-Eleven, not the first 7-Eleven to your house, (laughs) but like the second 7-Eleven. And it's like that kind of feeling. It's like all the same bars, like full, I don't know, Wild West town. Oregon. We got two things to talk about as far as I can tell. Ratman and the minigun. Oh god. Ratman? Awesome. Yes, he's fun. Girl with a minigun? Less awesome. Oh, Susie. So okay. When as they they're as in... they're coming back into Samurai Town to usurp oh, the governor. God, yes, how could I forget the minigun that's a giant yeah, Gatling gun. Yeah. Yeah, she just runs across the street and there's like a minigun sitting in that a was... fucking Okay, so Barrow. So Mandy had Chekhov's pit, and or no, uh, Deus <laughs> Pit Machina. Yeah, Deus Ex Pit. Deus Ex Pit, and this one has Deus Ex Minigun. Just an unestablished yeah. minigun. Yeah, that feet away from the crowd. That minigun has been bolted to the coffee shop for generations. <laughs> if you didn't notice it, that's your that's own. your fault. <laughs> yeah. That is an establishment in this town. <laughs> Samurai Town is known for their miniguns. Just turrets everywhere. Yeah. God, yeah. How could I forget? And Ratman speaks like he's got one of those mm-hmm. voice boxes because he smoked too yes. much. Yeah, he does have like a weird <laughs> robot voice. I mean, yeah. but yeah, Ratman looks like he's right out of uh, Thunderdome. Yeah, it's like if the Cenobites oh, were yeah, nice. Totally. Yeah, totally. So going to the whole thing where they can't drive the trucks because uh, it'll attract the ghosts. Once they make peace with the ghosts, they have this whole montage of getting the trucks ready for war and then just forget that happens. Yeah, because they don't need to go to war anymore, I guess. Yeah, I thought those were going to roll into Samurai Town and they don't do shit other than light up. Yeah, but then 15 minutes later, we find out they don't need to because they're already there because it's literally just outside the (laughs) wall. That's right. Yeah, they didn't have to go far. It's at least like a lot of times when they're doing weird kind of pointless stuff in this movie, it's kind of like, oh, I see. It's like for this goofy visual or for this kind of thing. But it's like there's nothing interesting about like a preparing to go attack montage. That's like a boring part of movies for the most part, I would say. Mandy does it kind of interesting when he makes the axe. But it's like watching them all like put these cars together, I thought was boring. And then it's like and then it also has no point. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) 
It was because they were working together. Yeah, teamwork. To escape Uniting Ghostland. Yeah, the Ghostland cult. It would be cooler if all those cars turned out to be like Autobots. And they like just transform, <laughs> and then they just fucking. It's just a new movie. It's just Ratman at the head. Yeah, then nobody would have cared about the minigun because why do they have fucking Decepticons and Autobots? <laughs> if that had happened, none of us would have batted an eye. We would have been like, "Yeah, now this guy robots." Like, yeah, we'd have been like, "Uh huh." Like, I don't think there's anything the film could have done to surprise us at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been so normal. This is now a Gundam movie. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think I do have the best quote for this film. Hi fucking yeah! Hi fucking yeah! And of course, like, honorable mentions for testicle! Nick, did you have one? Uh, Yeah, mine is the entire uh, testicle line, though. Because I'm a completionist. (laughs) I don't don't just run around (laughs) screaming balls. God. This is highbrow. You don't get to the top 25 in Germany by just screaming balls. <laughs> the cage is like getting everybody amped up. I gotta set the scene for the, the mm, people at yeah. home. And he's like, Oh, yeah. Now hear this, Ghostlanders. Tomorrow, we're getting out of here. The crowds are like, Oh, that's impossible. Impossible? Ha! <laughs> if you had told me three days ago that I'd be standing here with one arm and one testicle. Trying to reason with you bitches, I would have said impossible too. But I'm telling you, there's a way. It's like the Ashley Williams, like this is my boomstick. Uh, yes, because he's got the Ash Williams arm too. Clearly, the clearly the filmmaker must like Army of Darkness at some level. Very inspired. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only other good line was "I am radioactive." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, zero evidence. <laughs> must be, must be radioactive. Where do people put a good cage, bad movie, bad movie, good cage, good, bad cage, good movie, bad, bad, good, good? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a good, like, little rap. Good yeah. cage, bad movie. Me too. Good cage, bad movie. Same, good cage, bad movie. Great performances in both movies. How could I not say good cage, bad movie? But I, I will caveat it with, I do really enjoy this movie, even though it's really stupid. I, I found it very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Although also good cage just for screaming as he gets his ball blown off. Like, just just that alone makes the whole thing worth it. All right. Oh, man, wait. We didn't even talk about, like, in the fight later when he gets kicked in the balls and there's a pause oh. and he's thinking and then he's just like, Oh, it falls well, <laughs> he and Yasujiro both hit each other. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I'm the outlier here because this is the one like this is one of the few Cage films where I'm like, I, I all I see is just Nick Cage like hamming like hamming it up poorly. And I'm like, ah, this is this isn't good Cage. Well, I mean, he is a ham sandwich in That's this fair. one for sure, but... but not in a good way. I feel. Hmm. That's fair. Well, I felt the context called for it. <laughs> Because it's like, how are you supposed to give a good performance in this movie? I don't know. There's so much great Nick Cage around this time. Pig. Pig, Mandy, Joe, Color from Outer Space. And that this is just like, ugh. That's fair. I, I actually, I, I'm probably an outlier in, the, in saying that mm. I think I like this movie better than Mandy. It's very, okay, yeah, you're with me. It's very unique. I gotta give it that. It's like, there's... I haven't seen something else like this. It was fun. It is it fun. Was, it constantly keeps you like, it was what is going on? and stupid. Yeah. I'm glad I watched Prisoners before I watched Mandy. 
Sammy, do you have an opinion as to which ones you're uh, the better? Um, I hated both of them. Um, I think Mandy is technically better, but Prisoners has less things that yuck me out. So I think I liked Prisoners better. All right. Well, since no one else's opinions matter on this, Nick, uh, Mandy? Mandy. Mandy's going forward. It yeah. is the better it film. Is, it is even so if much better. Even if I like it less, it's a better movie. It is. I agree. It's not for me, but it's better. It pulls you into the movie and like really just kind of like soaks you in everything. And you like, just, a, like, like an acid giant bee. Yeah. I did feel dirty afterward. <laughs> it drugs you and kidnaps you right into the movie. Mm. For both these movies, I was very like mad at Alex while watching because he picked them. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> Fair. I don't know. These are movies like I will definitely recommend Mandy to people and I will definitely recommend Prisoners to certain people. That's fair. Uh, Mandy was on Tubi if anyone listens this wants to watch it. It's also on Blu-ray at my house if you'd like to come over. Yeah, you can do that. It was on Shudder for years. It's not anymore, though. I actually thought it was a Shudder original. I didn't realize it wasn't. Like, yeah, because that was like when Shudder first, like, became a thing i felt like they were like that was like their thing for like their first year they were like shutter mandy like it was on the front page forever they were like we'll charge you one dollar for six months and you can watch mandy like in fact everyone go check them out i'm not they don't pay me but i gotta say i love shutter and i want it to stay open <laughs> yeah that's that's a good plug for you guys um and uh, you know maybe maybe just while we're plugging things, uh, maybe maybe we'll also plug uh, Star Trek: The Original Siblings podcast. You know, if you guys haven't seen it, and uh, maybe we'll even plug uh, Heard It. You know, Heard it. you know it's pretty fun. It's a good time. Maybe we'll even plug my YouTube channel, Real Alex Brisson, where I make fun of other bad movies. Go check it out, guys. It's a good old time. I just watched Son of Godzilla. Very funny. I did. I did watch that one. Peter and I both enjoyed your review of the core. Thank oh you. Oh my god, I love the core oh, so it's much. Fantastic. Also, Tucci. Oh my god. Yeah, always. Yeah. So, for anyone who's interested, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, we're on Reddit at Cage Match Pod. Um, yeah, hit us up if you want to plug anything. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking savages. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, also, if you're out there and want to give us uh, five stars and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, that would help us a lot. It we does, for sure. It. And uh, if you're interested in supporting us, we are on Patreon at Cage Match. Um, and special thanks to our Sparkle Buddies, Josh, Sean, Josie, Rico, Matt, and Adam. And extra special thanks to our Cage Dancers, Ira and John. Uh, next up, we've got a 6-11 head-to-head matchup between National Treasure 1 oh. and... Uh, <gasps> A movie called Primal, uh, which is about Nick Cage being on a boat and priming out. hunting animated tigers. The dangerous game of man. Oh yes. Um, and we get to welcome back our one of our first guests, Adam, from our National Treasure Two episode. Uh, how's Adam been? Uh, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in. Tune in soon. <laughs> find out how Adam's been. Uh, also, thank you, double extra special thanks to XYZ Productions Films for making these movies. Uh, you fucking rule. Yeah. Um, these are great and wacky as shit. Send us thanks. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how did you know Nick Cage? Yeah. How did you get to know him? Can you get him on our podcast? <laughs> yeah, we love him. We do. Uh, thank you, Sammy and Alex, so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. I fucking yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> I fucking yeah. <laughs>
All right, new podcast. Who wins in a fight, Galactus or uh, Unicron? It sounds like a one-episode podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> Nick, who wins in a fight, Galactus or Unicron? Well, Unicron is voiced by Orson Welles, as I recall, isn't he? So that's hard to beat. <laughs> Correct. All right, he's dead, so that, that helps. Yeah, that, that weakens <laughs> his case. Also, Galactus eats planets, and Unicron is a planet, Galactus so Galactus wins. probably eat Unicron. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> Touching you. Is that Sweet Caroline? No, I would never sing Sweet Caroline. Good. What was that? It was Sweet Caroline. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Touching me. I hate that song. So Are we yeah. doing karaoke after this? Everyone no, fucking hates that not. song. <laughs> I love that song. You would think, but everybody sings oh, like Alex. <laughs> Peter, you're supposed to vet these people. But I don't want to hear it at karaoke. There's a, I like I like it in if I'm listening to it by myself. As soon as a bunch of drunk people are singing it, get me out of there. I think it's impossible to listen to it by yourself. I'm pretty sure as soon as you turn it on, somebody rolls up next to you and they're just like, "Oh, is that Sweet Caroline? <laughs> Let me hit that chorus, bro." <laughs> <laughs>